welcome to The Park Show. I am your host, Mike Springer, public information officer here for the city of Port Orange. And today we got a very special show for you. We got three guests today, all in studio. So we have Tom Delio, the public works director. We have Brett Matter, the drainage supervisor, and Juno Reed, our city engineer, all here in studio. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. We're, uh, we're excited to be here. Yeah, well, good to have you. So I know we're going to be covering a lot of important topics today. We're going to be focusing on basically storms because we are entering hurricane season here June 1st. So a lot of preparation will be going into that. So we, you know, we want to talk about some of the things that have been going on with the recent storms we had here with Ian and Nicole and kind of what we've been doing. But before we do that, let's get to know a little bit about you. So Tom, you recently just got uh, put into the position of our public works director. Can you tell me a little bit, how long have you been here now with the city? Uh, going on five years, been here with the city as uh, previously I was operations manager for public works and uh, moved up and got promoted to the director um, officially uh, Monday the 8th. So it's been a great experience, great people. As you can see, everybody in this room has an integral part of uh, playing a role in making sure it works. And I was reading you actually had some restaurant experience before coming to the city. What's What was that about? Uh, long story short, yes. Um, multiple <laughs> multiple restaurants um, in Brevard County uh, with my previous wife. So, All right. So if we have any cooking questions, you're the guy to go to for that? Actually, I'm not. Uh, the gentleman next to me, Brett Matter, is more of a cook than I am. I'm more just a numbers guy and making sta- stuff operate, but he is the uh, grill master. All right. So, Brett, you know, you've been with the city for how long now? I uh, just started my 24th year, uh, the end of last month. And Tom says you are the grill master here for the city? Uh, just a big fan of barbecue pit masters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Charcoal or gas? Uh Anything that produces heat. Okay. So a jack of all trades with the grill and master of none of it. <laughs> and, of course, we have Juno Reed over there. And, Juno, how long have you now been with the city? So I've been here just about the same amount uh, time as Tom, just a little under five years. Okay. And you were with the county before coming over here, too? Correct. I was with uh, Volusia County. With uh, I spent some time with their utility department and with the salt waste department at Volusia County. Awesome. Well, welcome, guys, and thank you for being here. We appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us about these topics here. So, you know, just going by some of the questions I've seen from people on social media and the calls we've gotten, um, one of them has been kind of what does the city do year round to kind of prepare our drains and canals and ditches? How do we maintain those, you know, year round? Do we maintain them year round or what's typically the process for those when it comes to making sure that they are, you know, in good conditions, should we have any kind of heavy rain or a storm come our way that they do work properly? What do we do for those? So what is not seen most of the time is staff actually works year-round on internal stormwater pipes, underground systems, our maintained, city-maintained uh, drainage ditches and ponds. Everything else that comes down from us is usually county or FDOT stormwater system from their roads. But in a whole, um, you know, we do street sweeping. You use the VATCON to take out the debris out of the stormwater system. Um, we use the Gradol to clean out the ditches. We have a Minzy, which some people call a spider. We also have a Kaiser, which is the same, just a little bit different, um, to clean out the ditches also. So year-round staff is operating um, kind of undercover and doesn't really get a lot of attention until something happens or we have a major rain event and then we have an issue. But to knock on wood, 
this year we don't have any more storms and we can continue to do the status quo and, and keep the city clean. Uh, so when we have these normal rain events, uh, the system functions as best as properly. How many staff do we have actually working on kind of the maintenance for the drains and ditches there? I'm going to pass that one to Brett. He will give you uh, more of the information. Um, there's 13 of us all together, including me. So that's year round. We have 13 people. If nobody's sick, nobody's on vacation to maintain and clean ditches, canals, roadways, and all of that. Yes, sir. And how many linear feet roughly do we have of canals and ditches to maintain? Uh, it's miles. Miles, yeah. Um, boy, Juno might have a better figure on Just that roughly, one. Just roughly, yeah. Do you have a rough estimate, of Juno, about what we're looking at here in terms of how much area we got to maintain typically? So city maintenance, uh, you know, we do a, probably a couple of hundred miles worth of ditch and then and then miles of pipe that we are responsible for is probably close to a thousand miles of pipe. So it, it's hard to believe that in a city the size of Port Orange that we would have that much, but, you know, it's such a zigzag and there's so much of it in the ground that there's, you know, literally, you know, we have a, a lot. And, and, and for, for, for Brett and his crews to be able to maintain that massive amount of ditches and inlets and especially with some of the age of the infrastructure we have some of the older stuff uh they do they just do an amazing job can't can't say enough good things about about what our stormwater crews do out there yeah because you're talking about 13 guys if everybody's in nobody's out maintaining over what you said 100 miles worth of drains and ditches and over a thousand worth of pipe i mean how do you prioritize that how do you decide what gets maintained and when how do you kind of figure out when to tackle that especially with the staff that you have to do it and so the pretty much everything the stormwater system as tom was referring to the pipes and the basins and everything like that with the vac on is on an annual um cleaning schedule really um when the crews go out and clean the inlets for you know pre-storm or just you know the heavy leaf fall times of the year they're inspecting the system so we're kind of killing two birds with one stone when we do that um what is the vacon for people who don't know what that machine is what is that and what does it kind of do how does it clean so it's it's pretty it's pretty cool truck it's a giant vacuum truck uh it's got a um 1200 gallon or yeah 1200 gallon uh debris tank in the back uh it also holds 1200 gallons of fresh uh, it's got an onboard uh, pony motor that operates uh, the hose up front. So we there's different heads, different everything like that. But we put that hose in. It's like a giant pressure washer inside the inside the pipe uh, that will clean all of the sediment and debris out of the pipe and bring it. It pulls it back to the truck to where the tube is set into the structure that we're set up at, and that vacuums everything up out of the out of the system. So. Um, as I said, that's on an annual. Uh, ditches and canals are on an annual as needed as well. Um, so we'll we'll inspect those uh, annually. Not everything always needs to be dug. A lot of times we just go through and mow, and we'll push some of the brush back. Um, a lot of the canals are maintained also through a aquatic. Uh, weed contractor that we have as well that will broadleaf it and keep some of that heavy debris and and vegetation from growing and uh, keep that cut back. So, so tries to make it a little easier on us. So if people see vegetation or 
grass growing in those canals. Is that something they should call the city about or contact the city about to get cleaned out? Or is that an issue if there's a lot of vegetation in those canals? It's not always. So the misnomer is that, yes, when everything gets really tall and you see a lot of, lot of tall grass, that it's going to clog the ditch. When there's a heavy flow, that, that water will fold that grass right over. It's not a big deal. It actually helps us. What people don't understand is it helps us. So that grass, the root system from the vegetation, is what holds the banks together and keeps erosion problems from becoming major issues. So it actually helps kind of stabilize the banks and the soil there so we have less of an issue with kind of the erosion by having extra vegetation there. Exactly. Okay. So how should people see something, you know, in those canals? What should they look for to know whether or not it is an issue or isn't an issue? Is there any kind of telltale signs they should look for to figure out if this is something that I should be concerned about or contact the city about? If it's, if it's some sort of structural type deal, somebody fence, uh, somebody has trimmed uh, limbs off their trees or hedges or whatever, and they, and they throw them over the back fence into the ditch, uh, things like that, um, actual debris, you know, uh, tires. I'm just kind of going by what we pull out sometimes, but, you know, it's trash, it's tires, it's people's fencing, it's people's yards trimming, stuff like that. That's the stuff that becomes an issue for us. And so even though we have all these canals and ditches, they're not, and ponds, they're not all ours, correct? Like there's some of them that we can't get to, we can't access and clean because they're not on city maintained property. They're somebody else's responsible. Is that true or? Yeah. So I think what you're trying to refer to is a lot of them are HOA responsibility ponds. Um, there's, we have a total of 500, I left a note here, 570 ponds total in the city. The city is only responsible for 136 of those ponds that we maintain, that we have access to and and, uh, utilize. Nine of the 570 are county-maintained ponds. Another nine of that 570 is FDOT-maintained ponds. And total out of that 570 is 416 are private. Wow. So a lot of people see things and they wonder who, what, when, where, why. It hasn't been done. And they call us and ask us, please do this, do that before a storm comes. And we have to, you know, let them know that it is not our responsibility. It is a private pond, whether they're still an HOA or not an HOA at that point. So so the hundred and some odd ponds that the city are maintain, maintains and takes care of, those, would we typically pump those down if they're high before a storm? Or what's the process with those? Like if we know a storm's coming or a bigger rain event's coming, how do we maintain our ponds? And what do we do to kind of make sure they are at the proper level and there aren't any issues with those? So before uh, we have any kind of rain event, we know that a, a big storm is coming. We actually stage ponds that we're able to stage that actually have control structures. And what does that mean when you say stage? Uh, so you want to lower them, try to have some relief, so you get more holding volume area for those ponds to capture more water off of the people's backyards or off the street. Do we lower them all to the way to the bottom, to halfway? Or typically, what's like what's the point would you lower a pond to that's adequate? Or does it kind of depend on the way the pond itself is structured? Or how do you kind of determine how low to bring the water level for those ponds? It depends on how that how that pond is structured. Um, there's a lot of ponds that are pretty shallow here. Um, others are natural ponds that have been tapped into that are a little deeper. Um, so you have that kind of artesian well effect. So we can only go so far with it because it's it's recovering itself constantly as we're trying to move that. Um, but like Tom said, you know, we're just trying to 
uh, lower the ones that we can. Uh, we can't control all the ponds here, um, but we lower the ones that we can to increase that capacity. Um, and it and for when we get a heavy event, um, it gives us time to get that water, you know, uh, moving where it needs to move. Um, water doesn't move as quick here. Uh, it's a pretty we're a pretty flat land in coastal community, so we don't have a lot of fall and a lot of elevation to work with. So water moves slow. Because we're what a tidally based system here in Port Orange, the way the water flows. So typically we're at the mercy of the way the tide and the tide levels are, and that could either. You know, if we are at a high tide and we have a rain event, the water may not have anywhere to go, essentially. Correct. Um, a majority of our major outfalls are tidally influenced. So, um, you know, especially in big storms, uh, tropical storms, hurricanes, such, you know, you have the storm surge, plus you have high, high tides, king tides already against that. So when that starts to back up on you, uh, everything goes stagnant and it's hard to get water to go where it needs to go. Because I think, you know, Juno was mentioning or giving the example the other day, basically of the bathtub and that if you have, you know, like a major rain event where we have, you know, a significant amount of rain in a very short period of time, it's like filling up your bathtub with water, especially if it's at high tide, then the water that's coming down into the bathtub, it's really not going to have another place to go to move it out of that area so it doesn't overflow and flood essentially. Is that... It's funny, the bathtub analogy, I don't know where I heard that at some point in my career, but it, it tends to, you know, when, when you speak in those terms, people have an easier time of understanding that. So yeah, that, that's exactly how you explained it, Mike. And I also just want to add one thing to what Tom said about the, the maintenance of the ponds and who owns the ponds. So that, that is a good point where if you, if you live in a community or you live somewhere and, and there's a pond or, or, or a lake or whatever, or a ditch or what have you, and you don't know who maintains it, that's a good point to reach out. You can reach out to the city. And, um, you know, there's multiple different ways via phone. There's a C-click fix. So there's multiple ways to reach out. And that is information we can provide, um, at least to get you in the right direction, whether it's a city-maintained pond. If there's an issue, we can have uh, Brett and his folks go out there and take a look at it. Or if it is an HOA-maintained pond, then then you could potentially contact the HOA to, to do maintenance or fix what the issue is. So. Yeah. And like you were saying, Brett, you know, it depends on the pond and the structure determining how low we can get it. But when we know a storm is coming or a big rain event's coming, how soon do we start to mobilize and get working on those ponds? How long does it take to really drain a pond, or, you know, get these ponds down to the appropriate levels? It take a couple of days, one day. How long does it take your guys to get these ponds down to where they need to be? I try to at least try to have a couple of days to, to work on that prior because it, it does take a little bit of time. Um, you know, we have pump stations, uh, uh, down at Cambridge, um, that's the big famous one that failed during during the coal. Um, but we have that one. We have uh, two other pump stations uh, dedicated to just stormwater. Those are really easy, and we can we can get those dropped very quick. Uh, the other ponds that uh, we try to um, control is with a portable uh, trash pump, and water doesn't move quite as quick as the other. Uh, pump station. So, um, yeah, generally we try to, once we know one's coming, uh, two, three days prior, we're, we're doing what we can do. All right. Um, and just kind of lastly, what should people be doing or residents be doing during a storm and after a storm to help you all too? And even before a storm in terms of maintenance, yard cleanup should, you know, what should we be doing with our yards and our trash and our 
our properties to make sure that it makes your jobs a little bit easier if we have a rain event, you know, both before, after, and during those situations. It's, it's a great uh, topic of conversation. It always comes up, and it seems like it. a lot of people either forget or are off during pre-storm events. So they have a lot of time on their hands to trim trees, remove debris before a storm comes, and, and waits on WastePro to come pick it up or the debris management company to, to pick it up, the contractor. But you want to make sure you don't intermix your piles. So you don't want to stack debris against trees, poles, hydrants, or, or storm drains. You do not want to place debris in the roadway. You do not want to place vegetative debris in plastic yard bags. You do not want to place them uh, directly under power lines because the claw truck will not be able to pick them up. And, I mean, other than that, it's, it's try to get that out during the year consecutively and do not wait Please do not wait until the last minute to throw out all your yard debris. Right. We don't want any kind of projectiles during the storm. So you want to make sure those limbs are taken care of well ahead of time before a storm comes. You don't want to be cutting down tree limbs the day or two before the storm. Yeah, and you don't want them to be a projectile. And and also you don't want them to uh, obstruct our stormwater system. So a lot of people like to put them off into the right-of-way because you have to pick them up off the curb. So what, what that entails is all the debris that falls off will end up in the storm drains, and then they'll ask why we haven't cleaned out the inlet structures, and we just did. So that, and then they go out there during the storm and try to rake them up, and it just compounds the, the issue very quickly. And lastly, guys, what is the best way people have issues if they're concerned about, you know, this canal behind me looks like it needs to be mowed, this pond's too high? What, what's the best way for them to get in touch, let the city know so we could check it out to see if this is something that needs to be taken care of? What's the best way for people to do that? Is it, is it uh, C-click fix or what, what's the best way for them to kind of reach you all and kind of alert you if they think there is a problem that needs to be looked at? Yeah, so the best way is to call Public Works and... Um ask some questions. You know, we have a direct line. If they don't want to do that, it's off hours or at any point in time, they can use our software uh, C-Click Fix, and then we'll give that information out to the correct department, and uh, we'll take a look and see what actually it is. Uh, we might not respond back right away, but if you give us within 24 hours, we'll, we'll have an answer for you for a lot of those issues. All right, Tom, Brett, Gino, thank you all for joining us. Appreciate that. And I think we'll have you on again for part two, where we're going to talk about some of the stuff we're doing to help with our storm and flood mitigation, some of the plans the city has and the work with that uh, works with that. So we'll bring you guys back hopefully another time. If you want to come back again, talk about those plans in the future. As long as you want us back. (laughs) (laughs) Doors always open. (laughs) Yep. Thanks a lot for having you and and be happy to come back and and talk about some of the, uh, some of the plans that were, that we're currently developing some of those plans. um, And, you know, and and that we're we're at high level with some of them, but as we get to to a better situation, we know exactly what those projects are. We'd be happy to come and, and talk to talk to you about those. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. And as always, you can find any of our podcasts over at port-orange.org on the city's website. Uh, We are on iTunes, Spotify, as well as iHeartRadio. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 